I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Doctor's Kitchen. Recipes, health, lifestyle. I think a lot of people love the fact that they can make this really specific, tangible impact. And they can do it along with a thousand other things that they're doing in their day just by making a particular choice of, of, of what and who they buy from. Welcome to the Doctor's Kitchen podcast. The show about food, lifestyle, medicine and how to improve your health today. I'm Dr. Rupi, your host. I'm a medical doctor. I study nutrition and I'm a firm believer in the power of food and lifestyle as medicine. Join me and my expert guests where we discuss the multiple determinants of what allows you to lead your best life. On the podcast, we are opening up the critical conversation around childhood poverty and hunger that quite frankly, I'm embarrassed to have to be talking about in 2021. But rather than complaining or pointing out a desperate situation, I I really want to shine a light on some incredible initiatives. And on that note, I want you to ponder this. Can we use hunger to end hunger? This is the simple revolutionary formula that my next guest and his colleagues founded over 10 years ago. Owen Burton co-founded One Feeds Two, a charitable organization that partners with food brands and work to provide school meals to children living in poverty across the globe. And the process is painstakingly simple. They partner with relevant organizations, and that could be as different as small food brands or even a nationwide burger chain restaurant. They license their logo and the partner offers to give one school meal per meal that they sell. The partnership launches every four weeks. The partner will send them a number of how many meals that they have offered to donate. They send them an invoice and then the money goes to One Feeds Two and they partner with free school meal initiatives across the globe who they fund. It is that simple. It is incredible that one feeds two partners have now donated over 10 million school meals and in 2021 alone they hope to donate over 6 million school meals the meals are locally sourced largely plant-based and typical of the local cuisine whether that be as far reaching as somewhere in malawi and they try and ask themselves the question what the kids would be eating if they were eating at home 
One feeds two partners with different sorts of food companies to help them make this happen. And they've recently partnered with other people in the UK and the USA as well. On the show today, we talk about Owen's travel and corporate background, the early foundations of One Feeds 2, why school meals are magical and the impact on poverty, but also educational attainment, what we can learn from One Feeds 2 as it relates to childhood poverty in the UK. And we also talk about Owen's current projects as an entrepreneur and his new drinks brand, Fount. I think you're going to love this episode. Hopefully you find it inspiring. And if you are thinking about initiatives, then do go check out One Feeds 2. It's an incredible, simple formula that is having massive impact across the globe. And I think we can all learn from it. Owen, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I am super excited to get into um, the incredible business that you've created, um, the initiative, where it came from. But uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, how are you doing at the moment? Yeah, we're good. Thanks, Rupi. Thanks very much for having us um, to talk to you today. Definitely. So One Feeds 2, this um, is an incredible organization that's been going on for a long time. But I feel right now we're at a moment where it's become even more of an issue that a lot of people have become aware of. And I think the pandemic has really put a spotlight on child hunger. I know your organization is focused um, perhaps slightly further away from home, but I think the ethos of the company that you created is something that we could all learn a bit about. What I wanted to go into before we get into One Feeds 2 actually is a bit about you and and what your foundational years were like and how that might have influenced your aspirations and and bringing this initiative uh, to fruition yeah so um i i was actually i was born in i was born in zimbabwe um and uh did most of my my preschooling in in south africa um i've still got lots of lots of family in south africa um high school and university early career um days were all in australia and um, I was, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, very lucky in that uh, I, I had some opportunities to travel um, through Southeast Asia. Uh, I, I did that as a university student. Um, I, spent, I spent a few summers in, in Vietnam on an overseas study program, um, which, which was designed around work experience, aid work, uh, and English teaching, uh, and a mate, I mean, kind of, you know, essentially a, a kid from country, New South Wales in Australia, um, being deposited in, in Hanoi, um, just wonderful, colourful, flavourful experience, um, you know, that, yeah. you know, um, you know, gives me goosebumps, you know, it's now amazingly 20 odd years on um and uh and so yeah saw saw a lot of saw a lot of the i guess the developing world in in inverted commas through through some of those experiences um and and then i've been really lucky I, i i after university went into management consulting um and some of my project work uh took me to incredible places like india and um singapore 
you know, being based in Singapore and doing projects across Asia um, and just kind of mm. seeing this wonderful um, variety of different countries from, from, from some really poor countries through to, you know, the most developed and, um, you know, all, all, this, all, all the colour that comes with all of that. Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of some, some of the background. Um, I'm not sh- uh, I don't I don't know that I've ever sort of explicitly joined the dots on on any of those particular life experiences and thought well that's why that's why one feeds to should should exist and and, and is and is worth is worth the time yeah. and effort in kind of building it out but um, but it's got to be and I, I guess when you travel to all those places you, the kids are such a visual visible part of of the landscape and you and, and you know there are always there are always opportunities to kind of interact and they're they're things that resonate and 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 kind of stick with you as well so definitely um i think i think that actually you know when when you then start talking about well there there are kids and there are kids that don't go to school and there are kids that go to school hungry you kind of think well well if there's something you can do to to nudge things uh, nudge things forward and, and, and help out. Um, it's, it's kind of quite exciting and uh, certainly something that kind of, yeah, grabbed me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to, to go back to why I struggled to figure out your accent, <laughs> I kind of understand now, <laughs> given that you were born in Zimbabwe, South Africa and Australia. And it most a lot of people get the two yes. mixed and, and yes. conflated. and usually i'm like no there's de- there's a huge difference in a south african accent an aussie accent a new zealand accent you know but but now i can so- sort of see the twangs in all, in all those different yes. uh, uh elements of your upbringing and i i i, I definitely um get that about uh, hanoi in particular I, I i had the wonderful opportunity to go to hanoi um just after a qualify oh, as a medic um in 2008 right. 2009 uh, it was incre- incredible country. I think at that point it it had become uh, a, a bit touristy. Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, it's probably, I mean, obviously not right now, but in, in the last mm. uh, couple of years, mm. it's definitely get even more so. But perhaps when you were there, it was perhaps a little bit more genuine in terms of its uh, its rawness and and, and the colours mm. and everything else. Um, and, and just while you were talking there, I just, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> we're all in our own houses and we're talking about travel and stuff. And it just evokes so many good memories of traveling in between uh, university yes. years and stuff and, and actually seeing those different experiences. I can imagine, particularly being in Southeast Asia where the kids are playing outside or, uh, you know, working, um, helping their parents, uh, a lot of the families are subsistence uh, farming or in agriculture which is quite low paid perhaps that may have planted the seeds in in why you you started one feast two in, in the first place but to to, to go a, a little bit after your sort of um your, your educational years what 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 were your early um careers uh, like in in your, in your early 20s so i guess it was it was sort of the consulting lifestyle of of, of quite a lot of travel sort of quite intense work hours, en- endless amounts of, of, of researching, um, researching whichever industry you happen to be, happen to be working on or, or, or the nuances of a, a business within a particular market. Yeah, and it was at that point in time I was based in, in Sydney in Australia, which 
is just a, an incredible place to incredible great place to be. Um, so life was quite good when it when it wasn't work. It's sort of you know lots of lots of beach and you know great yeah. great bars and restaurants and um, you know weekends away with with groups of friends to to various beaches or vineyards and and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I I loved my time in Sydney. It was amazing. I I was there uh, for for two years, uh, and I was I was based just outside Manly. Um, oh wow! And you can imagine with a bunch of medics, it was probably quite similar to your experience with your consultant friends and stuff. And you'd do weekends away to like Seal Rock and Hunter Valley, and we went to Margaret yes. River as well. A bunch of us. Uh, you, you always have like a group of friends to do stuff with because everyone's just Absolutely. excited and, and wants to explore. It's and amazing. Uh, and actually through what what my experience was was working with you know the the, the Brits who who had come for a year or two to to sort of live and and live abroad and and do some travel you know it didn't matter what it was they were always up for it as well um and actually yeah. kind of as yeah. an Aussie you know sometimes you can become a little bit complacent of all of all those great things that are on your doorstep and and you kind of you kind of think that you'll kind of get to some of those good things eventually, but actually, yeah, it was mm. one of one of the things I was very fortunate to have was was a it was a great group, um, uh, many of whom sort of fit, fitted that profile of you know we're here for two years, so you know if, if we don't go and yeah. see X tomorrow night, we might not get to do it. So you know, lock it in and yeah. and, and and yeah. Sort of seize the day. Definitely, definitely, and I think that you know attitude of learning and trying to enjoy a lot more of what's on your doorstep is uh, sort of now something mm. that I'm trying to practice mm. during lockdown. I mean, yeah, we can only go to the park, but a lot of people don't actually have parks mm. around them mm. um, to enjoy. And you know, when lockdown restrictions ease a bit, and perhaps we won't be able to travel internationally, there are so many places in the UK that I yes. really want to go to um, and experience. And I've been looking through all the different pictures and stuff. And so, you know, wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening to this, there are some incredible spots of beauty that we should start appreciating a bit more. But I, I wanted to get to um, around those consultancy years. Uh, and and I, I've got a couple of my of my friends who are consultants and and that really does resonate with me in terms of the lifestyle of uh, long hours and learning something completely new of a new industry and um, presentations and, and all the rest of it. When when do you remember the idea of One Feeds 2 sort of popping into your head? What what, what were the early mm. sort of ceilings of that? So um, I guess the I guess the backstory to to One Feeds 2 is that in in 2010 uh, I did a project in Johannesburg uh, and it was working for uh, the not for profit. Um, of the Virgin of the Virgin Group uh, called Virgin Unite, and they had a and have a centre of entrepreneurship um, based based in Johannesburg at the time. Uh, and it was the, the basic premise for for the centre was uh, you know somewhere that could support young entrepreneurs, um, really micro level businesses. Um, 
help help them get started, help them, help them become sustainable with, with with a backdrop that was actually it's quite unlikely that the economy can grow quickly enough to provide enough um, sort of corporate style jobs for, for, for the population. And so mm-hmm. actually, um, you know, entrepreneurship would, was a, was a re- it was and still is a really important aspect of economic development and, uh, and kind of progressing the um, quality of life and, and delivering some, some of the improvements that, that people are looking for. It was, I mean, it was an amazing eight or nine months um, like you just met incredible personalities, particularly amongst the entrepreneurs. But um, we, we were also very lucky that we had um, sort of the benefit of the, the Virgin Network. And so we had lots of established international entrepreneurs who, who'd come through um, and, and visit the centre. They'd want to spend time um, in a sounding out some of the entre- young entrepreneurs, giving them ideas. Um, some of them went on to, to mentor. And, um, and actually one of, one of the people doing that was a guy called Mark Christophers. Um, and he had set up, a, and at that point in time, re- recently sold the, the West Cornwall Pasty Company. So he'd been in the food industry. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd been very successful. Um, and he... He put a lot of time and effort into the centre, spent a lot of time with us, uh, and that then extended out into, you know, we became good friends. Um, sort of, again, work hard through the day and then, and then kind of in, in, enjoy, enjoy Johannesburg in the evenings and on weekends. We, we stayed in touch, you know, when we were both back in, back in the UK. Um, and the Virgin Group put Mark in touch with a young... Scottish entrepreneur. Uh, he was a former corporate lawyer who had set up a gourmet soup business out of a van, um, and he was he was selling these soups um, just outside of Edinburgh University. And for each soup that he sold, he was doing a one for one concept called One Feeds Two, and he was he was donating a school meal for each for each soup that. He was selling, and um, that was kind of the start. It was kind of the three of us kind of got put together, and it was well. This is a really interesting mm. idea. The and I guess the the idea in itself is that you know it's it's really simple. It's it's that one for one concept of you know buy one give one um, or sell one give one. Mm. In the case of in, in the case of our partners, and um, and then at the core of it is that that one is it's a school meal, and and the school meals kind of I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but it's just this incredible it's an incredible thing to facilitate um, educational outcomes. Um, it's so much more than just yeah. the meal, um, but even just the meal is is such an important in such an important thing on, on its own. Um, and so, yeah, between the between the three of us, we we realised that um, JP Campbell, who was who was the who was the the Scottish um, guy with the soup van. Um, so JP, Mark, and I really worked on this idea of okay, well, yeah. 
how can we take that one feeds two concept and how do we how do we make it accessible to to the whole food industry um you know uh child hunger is a, a, a bigger issue than any one company can can solve um and mm. so you know it, it makes sense that, that we kind of democratize it a little bit and, and, and package it up in a way that it's readily accessible to, to all sorts of different companies who, who operate in, in food. And, and really, so that, that, that was kind of the, that was sort of the background to it. And that's sort of where it all kind of came from. That's amazing. So over the last 10 years since the concept was founded, it, it's pretty much stayed the same. Am I, am I right? The foundational principles of one feed still, yeah. one cell feed, sell yeah. one feed one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think, wow. and, and I think what's, <laughs> what's amazing is that, um, yeah, it, so much of the beauty of it is, is in the simplicity um, and mm. and and you're right. Actually, there's there's always the temptation to um, try new things, and but but actually, a lot of the, a, a lot of what we've done over the years is kind of exercise the discipline of actually, really, what is this at the core, um, and and actually, how do we how do we stick to that, and, and just make sure mm. that you know that that really simple mm. concept which is really our nugget um, that's preserved and not compromised in any way. Um, and um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, when we, when we bring on new partners, it, it's, it's, it's mm. about, okay, how can we, how can we grow this movement, but also how do we make sure that the growth doesn't compromise what's already there. And over the years we've made lots of choices that, that probably have meant slightly slower growth um, but it's been well. Mm. The general view has always been well. Actually, let's let's build something that can last. And and, and if we're going to feed some children, you know, a, a particular school today, let's let's make sure we can be there tomorrow to be feeding them again tomorrow. Because just doing it once, um, that that's that that's not going to do anything. It's it's that school meal being being reliably there day after day. Um, that that is the thing mm. that that will actually drive the outcomes that we're looking for. This is super interesting for me because I suppose from a selfish point of view, um, uh, I, I started Coloring Medicine, uh, a nonprofit, a couple of years ago, which is uh, an educational process by which we get dietitians, professional chefs, and doctors to educate um, medical students and how to cook, as well mm. as the foundations of nutrition. Mm. We're also applying that to um, medical uh, professionals and graduates. And then we're also looking at upskilling uh, in, in catering arenas right. as well. So chefs have the sort of foundational tools to create nutritious meals. But I guess going back to the listener, I imagine there are some people who have these like incredible ideas that are businesses for good or they have initiatives or, or charity ideas that they, they want to start. And the one thing that really... Uh, sticks out for me is this simplicity of the message such that such that you can you can go to uh businesses and say that this is the concept and this is what we're doing but i guess getting down to the nitty-gritty 
how you, JP and Mark, were able to start this as a side hustle until it kind of goes into something that you do full time? What what were those sort of building blocks like? I guess what one one key part of One Feeds too is is that so it's a, it's a charity rather than a business, um, mm-hmm. and it continues to be the side hustle for all of us, um, and not really side hustle because it's it's the it's the side passion project really. Um, and again, yeah. um, you know, so so each of us have our have our day jobs. Um, and, and and the day jobs pay the bill, and I and and uh, and then and then this is and this is what we do do in and around that. Um, and we've we you know even as we've grown, I guess potentially we could we could look at ways of changing that. But but actually, at the end of the day, we want it comes back to the simplicity, you know. Uh, it, mm. it, it's quite a simple concept to explain to pers- prospective partners. It's quite simple and easy for, for our partners to launch it and then, and then to operate it on an ongoing basis. Um, we, we don't have any ambitions of, of having a, a, a team of, you know, empl- one feeds two employees um, because actually we, we, we love the fact that this is, this is lean and light. Um, you know, it's very, very low cost to administer. Um, and, mm. you know, we genuinely want the, the, the funds that come in to end up in the hands of, uh, of the people who are spending money on, on, on the school meals. Um, so um, at various points in time, we've definitely um, pretty much worked full time on it. And to be honest, we've kind of done that in points of in time where we've been focusing on actually ha- let's let's sort of invest the time in making it lean and light so that it doesn't require all of our time at, at other points. Um, mm-hmm. And and then I guess it's probably it's also um, you know it can't go without saying that we are, have been incredibly lucky with. Um, the number of people who sort of come out of the woodwork and offered to help us pro bono. Um, and so, you know, we'd, we'd benefit from on that front from, you know, branding and marketing agency, um, lawyers. Um, mm. We've had, we've had PR support, um, et cetera, et cetera. And um, in many ways, you know, the, the you know, technically, the, the the team is is the three of us. In in reality, all those people are every bit every every much as a part of the team as, as any of us are, um, and they've kind of mm. alleviated the need for us to build a team out because because you know Touchwood, um, you know that they'll continue in that vein. But you know, the, the, again, the concept the concept gets them, and and they and they they like being a part of it. Um, and uh... I mean that that is super inspirational because I mean my incorrect impression was that you guys uh, were doing the corporate thing, and then you gradually turn this side passion, as you describe it, into something you do full time. And the fact that you have such an incredible mission, website, and partners as well, 
and you're still doing this and and it kind of looks after itself i mean that that's that's pretty impressive because i think a lot of people who are listening who have ideas or charitable sort of um innovations that that could really help communities feel like well you have to drop mm. everything else mm. to focus on that and and I, I, take, to, I take your point that it does become like that in the in the early sort sure. of beginnings but to know that you can create something that you've created and it to essentially run by giving other people ownership of the project and clear sort of guidance yeah. on this is how the simple yes. process works that that's really really yeah. an achievement and i think we i think we're lucky that our concept also lends itself quite well to that to that model as well um and um and then as i mentioned before yeah it's just having some of those that discipline to to kind of keep it focused and on, on on that nugget at the center of which is you know really simple simple clear concept you know reinforced by our name which which kind of says a lot about what, what it is that we yeah. do as well um and and actually you know it it might it may sound funny but our logo um you know it's it's the this the very very clever very clear very positive thing and you know, I mean, it, it's such an asset to us that the logo gets people um, and and says so much. And you know, whether it's whether it's on one partner's menu or on pack or on their website or or social media, um, mm. we've you know, it, it's it's been an extraordinary asset to us, um, mm. capturing who we are and what we're all about really perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, why don't you, you run us through the process of exactly how OneFeed Two mm. works in, in terms of, you know, how you work with, with brands, how you, in the beginnings, approached mm. brands as well, I guess, with, you know, the sort of premise of, of what you're doing and, and, and how that might have changed where, where you work with uh, smaller brands t- today. We, we partner with food brands. Um, so we enter into a formal partnership and, um, and that's very, it's very clearly set out, you know, that they are effectively licensing the one feeds to concept on some of their, on, on their, on the food or food that they're selling. Um, and it's one for one. So, and from our side for each, uh, for each meal that they sell, um, they will donate to us the cost of providing a school meal in one of the world's poorest countries. Um, and so, uh, you know, once we've agreed how, how that will work and, and we've got our, um, got our partnership in place, actually quite a bit of it is about, you know, each of the brands taking one feeds to and reflecting that into their organisation in, in a way that, in a way that works for them. And, you know, I've, if I look back over the, over the years of of running one feeds too, that's been that's been fascinating. Really, really, we've we've been so lucky to have partners who have completely different models for, from each other. They produce such different cuisines in diff- and sell in different ways um, from from kind of restaurant ch- national restaurant chains to. 100% online retailers to, um, you know, manufacturers of, of, 
packaged food products through to recipe box companies. All, all of those differences have just been fascinating. And then also seeing how, you know, we've, we've worked with brands as they've launched, but also really big established companies who, who you know, we've jumped on to be part of their story, you know, quite a few chapters in. Um, and, and they all have different, they all have different customer segments. They, they, they talk to their customers in very different ways. Um, and so the way they talk about one feeds two is really different as well. Um, and, um, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that's been amazing. I think, I think the other thing is that, you know, one feeds two is, it's, it's, you know, we, we, we've developed this to be a, an asset for our partners, something that, you know, it's really tangible that they can engage with, um, you know, and they, and they engage with it um, alongside their customers so, so that, you know, that, uh, you know, we really love the, the communications that, that our partners put out to their, to their customers because, you know, it, it, it's not... It's, one feeds two kind of happens somewhere between a customer who chooses to buy a food product from that company and that company deciding to partner with us. Um, and, and so, you know, from our perspective, we, we've, never, we've never donated any school meals. It, it's, it's been our partners and, um, and our partners always, you know, right and rightly recognise that, that they're only doing that through the support of their customers. So it's this real kind of shared shared ownership of of what we're trying to do, and and that and that's I mean it's amazing and you know the, the reception that some of that uh, some of those communications get on social media and in places like that you know it, it kind of you know it it's a concept that really re- resonates with a lot of people. Um, I think I think a lot of people love the fact that they can make this really specific tangible Im- impact. And they can do it along with the thousand other things that they're doing in their day just by making a particular choice of, of, of what and who they buy from. To- totally. I, I, I think it really does tap in, particularly now, and this is why I think you guys are pioneers in, in uh, th- this movement, this initiative, uh, the charity that you started, uh, in, in the, into the conscious consumer who are actively looking for things like B Corp yeah. certification or their charitable partners or what they are doing to tackle uh, environmental change, uh, climate change, global warming. You know, all all these different things really do impact on a personal level, my choices and where I choose to spend my pound because this is the the most powerful voting tool that we we have as as a society. Uh, And what I love about One Feeds 2 is, yes, the simplicity and the process by which me as a brand or me as... Uh, a national burger chain or a, even a small company can 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 have and can communicate yeah. as well to to customers it, it, de- it definitely demonstrates a uh, a commitment mm. to, to change mm. and i think that what we've been privileged to to sort of get to see is um how how that commitment to something like one feeds two also really resonates within within the employee with within the with the employees mm. in the, in those partner organizations um and Definitely. you know i think it, it 
it's again it's that sort of tangible commitment to to doing something good and and you know that impact scales with with the business as well so there's 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 a great alignment between doing good business uh in a good way and and and, and doing more of it it sort of all sort of re- positive yeah. positively reinforces on it, itself you made a conscious decision that you um you mentioned earlier about school meals mm-hmm. in particular um and 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 you know uh the the nutritional uh needs for for young kids and the partner countries i believe can can you talk a bit about why you chose that particular mm-hmm. meal and how you decide which areas that you're going to provide yeah sure to? so you know the school meal it really is a it's quite a, a magical thing at the moment there are there are over 30 million children who don't go to school because um they need they either need to work you know beg you know scramble for for food each day um and and so and so their opportunities for for education are, are sort of cut off at the knees literally at the outset um and then beyond that there's there's sort of more than more than 30 million other children who do go to school but will go to school without having having eaten anything um and and who won't eat anything during that school day um and so the school meal itself it, it is really important because Obviously, if, if if a child's not eaten, um, there's just the obvious there's the obvious need for for the calories, the vitamins, etc., for them to to kind of function, grow, develop, etc. And that's and that's really important. Um, on top of that, though, because it's a because it is a school meal and because it's provided at school, what happens is when a, when a school starts offering a school meal program. Enrollment levels go up, you know. Attendance levels increase, um, and and you know, no surprises. Um, you know, the more kids are going mm. to school, the better the educational outcomes are, um, and you know, it, it's quite an extraordinary kind of cause and effect. You know, and again, mm. it's not rocket science, right? It's 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 really simple, but. You know, provide provide a, a, a nutritious meal um, to to kids who, who otherwise wouldn't get it, and do it at school so they also get their education. Um, it, it is pretty amazing, and and when you're delivering school meals at scale, the unit costs can, you can you can bring the unit costs down very very low. Typically, the meals are plant based. Um, and you know, again, that just makes that just makes sense um, in terms of shelf life and preparation and, and all those sorts of things. Um, the, the meals tend to be um, locally based, you know, based on the local cuisine as well. So it's it's the sort of thing that the, the children would be eating at home if the if the family had the means to to pr- provide that food. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not something. It's not something unusual, frightening. It's again, it, it's really acting as a, the carrot to get kids into school, stay in school, um, and mm. 
you know, that school meal won't solve every problem. Um, but as, as a, as a to, to, if you, you know, in terms of, for us, it was like, wow, if you can do, if, you, if there's just one thing you can do, one lever you can pull and you can try and have a, a big impact, like th- th- this is one we really want to be pulling. Um, and, um, mm. uh, I mean, and, you know, it's, you know, fortunately we've been fortunate enough to, to, to visit schools and, and see the communities. And, and I think for me, the thing that really strikes me always is you, you always go in looking forward to meeting the kids, seeing the school, seeing the, seeing the, the meals being, being distributed and enjoyed and, and all those sorts of things. But, but the bit that always catches me is, is the, the sort of broader community. Um, so mm. before the pandemic, um, 20, uh, 2019, we were in Malawi and talking to sort of local, a local village chief. Um, and he, he was just, he, his, his attitude that he described very eloquently was, you know, we view an educated child as an asset and and so, you know, he and, uh, and the other elders in the village and, and, and parents were really invested in supporting the family, supporting as many children as possible to get into school. And I think that's where so much of the, you know, that's a really important part of the puzzle as well. Um, you know, the recognition that education uh, is, is a path to a better future. Um, and, and then actually lots of people giving, giving of their time to, to, to support that and, um, you know, to do everything that they can to get as many children, um, into, into school. And, and when, when the school meal is offered there, it, it makes their job, you know, they're, 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 they're doing it as much as they possibly can. This helps them so much. You know, this this gives them an an, an added, um, you know, an, an added bow in their quiver for actually. And this is also why you should go to school. Get get get. Let's get the kids in in there. Let's let's get that school meal into them. Um, and um, yeah, I, I love I love that side of it. Yeah, I, I think that's um, that's really the crux uh, of what appeals so much to me. I think about the One Feeds Two charity. It's it's the fact that the food is associated with the educational attainment. That sort of um, uh, th- that way of enticing uh, the children to yeah. go to school. It's it's yes, you get a a, a meal, but you're also actually uh, creating educational wealth a new generation of of kids that are going to be um more resilient uh, rather than a charity that's just providing a meal which is equally as noble and you know incredible to do i think the combination Mm -hmm. of the two it being a school meal i think is super super powerful um, and, and geographically, where do you where do you decide to 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 have your um, your charitable donation? Yeah, so so the way that that tends to work is so we as part as part of the work that we do, um, we've developed relationships with school feeding programs. 
so large charities who whose kind of core operation is you know being in being in these countries setting up the supply chains so that um you know ideally locally sourced locally grown and produced ingredients um are then being being processed stored transported and then and then prepared um fresh at school um and and that's what they do and i mean that's that's ex- that's extraordinary work um yeah i'm very happy to put my hand up and say that i have a much easier job than they do um and uh and all, all credit to to the way they they managed to do that and i think actually uh one of our partners they they managed to pivot their entire operation with the covid lockdown from being centrally based uh-huh. around providing meals in schools to finding ways to provide meals to children who are now being homeschooled um and within within mm. a, i think it was one or two months they were delivering as they were providing as many meals to children who were being homeschooled as as they were doing in schools beforehand which is i mean just wow. draw draw jaw dropping stuff really um <laughs> yeah. and um yeah and so and so to answer your question about where in the world um we we fund to be honest we what we do is we we trust the school feeding programs to 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 deploy those funds that 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 honestly that's that's what they know and and they and they know relatively between one country and another where the greater need is um and 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 so on the whole our model is to our model is to kind of not tie them you know when when we're we're by no means large enough yet that um you, you know we, we could ever be in a position where we're donating more than they could ever use in, in a particular country hopefully hopefully one day mm-hmm. we we get to that sort of scale but um you know it, it's um we're happy to we're happy to sort of give them that freedom and and not tie them to not tie them to something on the whole um and i say that because we do offer a bit of flexibility because i think for example if we were talking to a a chain of vietnamese restaurants in the uk or the us um actually it it would make sense that that the founders might say you know we'd quite like we'd quite like it if the school meals we provided were in vietnam or something similar for mm. for uh you know mexican restaurant or or whatever it happened to be mm. um and and so that's something we can manage as well um because actually that that adds to the story that that makes that makes it additionally totally. relevant to them uh and so and so so we can do that as well yeah yeah i i i just love the simplicity of it and i and i know your operations have been responsible for i think is it over eight eight million uh, we're just about to announce 10 donated? so yeah we, yeah oh wow okay don't worry it's one of those numbers that 10 million. Uh, okay. you know our presentations are always almost by definition they're always out of date because the second we update them you know another school week passes and, and the number goes up again so um Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's literally like thousands every day. Um, It's absolutely incredible. I mean, I I know your operations are are focused on poverty outside of of the UK and and the immediate um, needs. But during this year, obviously during the pandemic, I think for everyone, it's been pretty shocking to understand how bad food insecurity was uh, on our doorstep pre-pandemic i remember we have a a module in coloring medicine that we teach to the medical students all about food insecurity in the uk and i think a lot of the students are quite shocked to hear about the millions of families that are reliant Mm. on food banks And, and i wonder given your perspective and your experience in this in this charitable world what can we learn from one feeds two that we could potentially apply to our own societies today and, and, and if you have sort of any any guidance for 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 food mm-hmm. charities in the uk yeah i mean i think um look i think there's there's a lot that's different you know i think it's probably worth saying up front you know immediately put my hands up and say look the uk is a very different place and so there'll be there'll be very many not just differences in nuance, but, but fundamentally different, fundamental differences that, that the solution for the UK will need to be different to a, to a one feeds two or, or, or even the model that our, our school feeding um, programs that we support adopt. Um, but I mean, I think, I think some of the things that we, we see working um, that I do think translate from 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 it well across countries are things are things like I described before about the you know the, um, the village chief and the elders and their 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 value on education their focus on it um, and that really setting a tone um, you know I think that messaging and that being kind of part of the the, the, the culture you know the, the kids know that you know how they how often they go and how well they do is important and it's kind of the people checking up <laughs> you know kids will be kids but you know also you know that this isn't this isn't just something you go through the go through the process and go through the motions on in terms of turning up to school this is this is mm. this is serious it's a serious thing and um, I mean, so many socioeconomic indicators are just so much better with as literacy levels increase. Just reading and writing skills yeah. just make such an extraordinary difference. And if you think that, you know, the young girl will one day be a mother and her ability to read a prescription um, and or, or to, to read the label on on some tablets and and then kind of use those tablets correctly for their children to, to help with homework, to do the bookkeeping, to, you know, so just home economics, all those home economics things that will just be done um, in, a, in a better way. Um, the people's ability mm. to research options and, you know, make, make better choices um, just improves, improves so much more. So I think, I think there's definitely something about kind of, community leaders and, and consistency and just the daily grind of re- 
repetition, you know, being and being consistent about, you know, that this is this is what's really important and long term this is the thing that's going to 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 move the needle. Um, I think I think the other thing that we see that's that's really extraordinary and and, and heartwarming is the the number of people who volunteer their time to support an, uh, initiatives like this. Um, so, so again, kind of referencing the the trip to Malawi that we most recently did. You know, there, was, there was a lady there who walked two hours each morning to get to school in time to to help prepare the school meals, stoke the fires, get the pots ready, carry the water, all that kind of thing. She didn't she didn't have children at the school, um, but she did that you know five days a week, and then it tidied up at the end of the day and walked home again. And and she did, and she was she you know kind of you know kind of didn't get why we thought that was amazing because you know she, to her it was just sort of well you know this is such an important thing for this community why, why wouldn't I be doing this to, to, to contribute and to help um, so she she always sort of sticks out in our mind and and similarly we had um, we had quite a lot of time with one of the senior teachers at the school um, and uh, and he he basically would turn up to work a couple of hours early each day to kind of oversee the operations again because he could see the difference that the school meals made to, to, to the to the day that each child had um, and mm. I mean extraordinarily uh, we were talking to him about how many of the children would eat something other than that school meal. And, and at that point in time, we said 50% of the kids, for 50% of the kids, that would be their only meal. And he said, wow. actually, it gets much worse than that um, as, as we get further away from the harvest and, and stores have been depleted. Um, and, 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 you know, in that particular school, kind of 80, 90% was, was not unheard of. For, for the kids to, to only get that. So then your school meal goes from being something where you're supplementing the nutrition to, to, to being the only nutrition. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I think, I think that whole community, that, that sort of sense of volunteering of, you know, pe- people getting involved um, and, and doing little things, you know, some, some of them doing you know, doing the extraordinary around, you know, the two hours each day. Other people who, who whose lives can't accommodate that, but but finding finding ways that they can support. Um, so around that particular school, mm. they had um, they had a, a, a team of women, um, and and basically their their role was was just to know where the kids were, how many kids there were, which ones were going to school, which ones weren't. Um, and, and if there were children not going to school, to, to kind of rally around the family and, and kind of understand what some of the barriers were in place. Um, so quite quite extraordinary sort of sense of community um, and this kind of idea, you know, sort of mindset. Look, we're all in this together, and, and we'll all be we'll all be better off if if we can kind of give you a helping hand and and. 
and kind of help help you out. Um, and they had incredible stories about yeah, you know, the teachers would teachers would let them know if if a child stopped coming to school and and, the, and they'd kind of pop around and just see you know what what what's changed what's what's happened um you know is is there something there that that as a community they can they can alleviate whatever that that pressure is to to help get that kid back to school mm. as quickly as possible um and yeah now ha- you know i think that there's, there's probably a uk version of of something like that um that, yeah. that could that could be quite extraordinary as well um Absolutely. I, I think, you know, now is the time to tap into this uh, incredible sort of almost global culture of empathy. Everyone has never experienced the same suite of emotions at the same time ever, in, I, I think, in the history of mm. humanity. So now I think is the time to sort of tap into that community sense of purpose, uh, communal yeah. values sentiment to to create initiatives like this and you know what there's probably a one feeds to concept in someone's mind and hopefully someone listening to this as well who wants to take action on it and and start the process and the fact that you know you've been able to do this on the side of of your job even though you know it's it's been your 100 percent job at some points in the past as well you know that that's that's pretty inspirational and there's a few people out there that i want to shine a spotlight on actually because they are doing some incredible things for uh uk um based poverty and, and hunger and children in particular but i think your experiences um are, and those stories are, are super super inspirational What I want to ask um, uh, as we close, I guess, is um, I, I suppose if there was, I mean, you've already achieved so much, so I feel a bit cheeky asking about what the moonshot might be for One Feeds 2. But let's say in another 10 years time, what, what, where would you hope One Feeds 2 to be? And what sort of changes would you have hoped to inspire um in, in either at a community level or even at a, at a political or governmental mm. level. Look, I, I guess um, I guess one one part of the answer to that would be um, a couple of years ago we we extended our we extended our footprint to include the US as well. So we we found we found it we found three guys there with sort of similar sort of backgrounds and interests and 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 also with day jobs. Um, uh, who and they were they were doing various roles in the food industry, um, and so we now have one feeds to USA, um, uh, which is which is wonderful and really exciting, um, and yes, I think I, I think the, the future will ho- hopefully include, you know, bigger versions of one feeds to in the UK and and, and the and the US. But also, hopefully, in in other countries and parts of the world, and we're and we're we're doing work some work at the moment on on looking at some of those opportunities. Um, again, also doing it quite patiently because we need to we need we need to make sure that the extension doesn't compromise what's already there, um, and we also need to make sure that you know the extension works in the you know 
it's a simple concept, but actually does that sim- make sure that that simple concept can translate and can work in can work in those other in those other places as well. Um, look, I think I think in ten years' time, um, you know, hopefully hopefully we can do another podcast, and and hopefully the story is that you know that simple core of an idea is still that simple is still is still the mainstay, and that's still what we are all about. Um, and but but that we're doing it on a on, on a much much bigger scale. Um, I think mm. uh, you know I've talked about a bit about our partners and, and how varied they are. Um, you know what's been amazing is we've we've been able to kind of adapt this simple concept to work in in really different um, business business models within the food industry. We've got catering companies. We've you know. I listed some of them before, you know, um, burger chains, recipe box companies, etc. Um, but I think there's still there's still other niches that, that we haven't had partners in, and and you know, so much potential for us to have many partners in, in each of those niches as well. Um, so I'm really excited about seeing you know how one feeds to, you know, we've, we've never had a hotel partner, for example, or an airline partner. For me, for me, they're like obvious places where this concept could 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 find a really a really great home, um, mm. and and to be honest, the list, beyond that, the list the list does go on and on. Um, but uh, you know, for, for me, I think in, over the next ten years, it'd be really great to see how we can how we can kind of build out our number of partners in. In, in, in more of these kind of different niches and show that actually this simple concept can work and, and, and does deliver what, what, what customers, employees and all various kind of stakeholders are looking for. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just the messaging um, and the fluidity, the sort of parallel, the, 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 there's so many concepts in the brand itself that just really really do appeal to me and even like what's on your website hunger to end hunger i just i just <laughs> yes. love sort of the uh the, the the this it just invokes so many uh emotions of of community spirit i i, I mean you, you you're such an inspirational character the fact that you you've done this with, with your partners and stuff you must be working on some uh other entrepreneurial ambitions right now i'm sure uh, and, and actually, I was going to ask what what has your what has your day job been throughout this whole period? Has it changed? Have you have you still been in consultancy? Or yeah. So, things or, so what, what's that the, look like? And yeah, third, the first couple of years were all consultancy. Um, so mm-hmm. so yeah, working working as management consultant, um, and and then recently that's that's transitioned as you suggest to sort of more entrepreneurial endeavours. So. Um, last year, I, I launched a business called Found Drinks, um, and the, the concept is about uh, you know look, looking at the refrigerator uh, of of drinks at, at a shopping centre, and you, you just kind of see a lot of a lot of tap water that should be free, wrapped in plastics, and kind of dosed <laughs> up with lots of sugar and artificial sweeteners, colours, and preservatives, and. So kind of found's been my kind of attempt to say, well, actually, let's, let, let's, let's go back to drinking the tap water, but with people who like different flavours, and actually let's, let's, just sell, let's just sell the, 
the, the flavoring let's do it in a way that doesn't have any of the artificial ingredients doesn't doesn't have the added sugar and and actually let's let's kind of make it as as uh, you know as, as health promoting as possible so we put vitamins minerals some really interesting botanicals into those as well um, and uh, and and I guess that the kind of thematic parallel between the two businesses was you know for me the school meal was this amazing magical thing you could do to to drive educational outcomes in in, in these in these developing countries um, when i when i look at sort of food and drinks in the in somewhere like the uk or the us um, you know, we all drink six to eight times a day. And if, and if even a couple of those drinks are, are either sort of quite badly polluting or, or not particularly healthy, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of damage as a society across, across a lot of people that many times every single day. Um, and so in terms of, you know, kind of where, where to play and where, where to kind of try and do something that, that can make a big difference. This kind of, for me, felt like, felt like the, the, the one small change you could make to potentially have a, to potentially have a big impact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been discussing some pretty hard-hitting subject matters on the podcast of late. Um, things like environmental uh, and climate change, uh, food insecurity is one, but also financial insecurity. Mm-hmm. So we had a conversation with George Monbiot and Professor Guy Standing about universal basic income, uh, providing a layer of financial security. And, and that sort of concept has, has obviously heightened to, uh, to to become something that a lot of um, uh, people are aware of now mm-hmm. as, as a construct mm-hmm. for society. But I think, you know, looking at the lens, and I know you've got, uh, some some young children as well. Perhaps that sort of lens of a parent has made us all a bit more conscious about the environment that we're leaving for our, our kids and, and grandkids going forward. And you know, the the the, the entrepreneurial ambition that you have now with Foundrix, I, th- I think almost mirrors that. It's a, how do we create a healthier planet such that health is the default option and it thrives regardless of you know your ability to pay into uh, wellness uh, at a premium uh, and i think just looking at from an outsider it, it seems that that might have had an influence yeah no definitely definitely and um yeah i, I you know you, i i think you're right actually when you when you are a parent you can't you can't help but project forward and and, and think you you've, you've got these younger lives um who who will have who kind of um, have have many years beyond us, um, and yeah, absolutely about um, trying to do something. Try, I guess I guess part of it is yeah. How, how do we end up with some better outcomes for that next generation? Um, and and f- for me personally, it was also that a, a big part of it's been actually how can how can how can I show the kids. Um, that we can go from, you know, they can remember a time where this not, none of this existed. We didn't we didn't have a name for it, and we didn't have labels, and we didn't have recipes, and we didn't, and and they can kind of see these things come together, and and kind of to realise that, mm. you know, businesses are built by 
normal people, you know, as much as they believe that their parents are normal yeah. people. But, um, you know, it, it, they're just, it's just normal people having, having a crack. Um, and so actually we, we have, we've had some yeah. wonderful moments on, on a personal front of, you know, the, the kids doing taste testings and, uh, you know, during, during lockdown um, between kind of hours of, of, of homeschooling, you know, one of my sons coming up and, you know, kind of making website suggestions and, you, you know, I don't really think that's a good way to say it, Dad. How about we, why, why, I think... <laughs> You're nine years old. <laughs> and he was right, of course. But, He's a food uh, <laughs> consultant in the making. <laughs> um, so, so that 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 that's kind of a, that's a nuance to it as well. That it's, it's an element that's been really important. That's to me. brilliant. I, I recently had a conversation with um, Professor Michael Garan and uh, Dr. Ventura actually about sugar-sweetened beverages and the amount of sugar in mm. kids' diets uh, and particularly how that impacts um, neurodevelopment and, and general development in kids. So, you know, welcoming any uh, extra options there are to entice uh, not only kids, but also, you know, the, the, the older generations that are reliant on sugar-sweetened beverages to get through the day to, to have yeah. healthy options. So... Fountain Drink sounds like a fantastic initiative and uh, I can't wait to see uh, what happens with um, with One Feeds 2 as well. It's, uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic organisation and um, I hope to support in some way in the yeah. future. You no, never that's know. That's great, Rupi. Thanks so much. I really do appreciate the support and thanks for having us today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Do check out Owen Burton's amazing initiative one feeds two the links to which are all on the website thedoctorskitchen.com and i will see you here to have more conversations with real impact planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 